What does it mean to lay up treasure in heaven? Hello and welcome to Good Word. I'm David Thomas, the convener of Good Word for this quarter. I have with me two faithful conversation partners for which I'm grateful, uh, Bruce Taves from the School of Business and Brent Berglund from the School of Theology. And gentlemen, um, this is an interesting phrase, laying up treasure in heaven. The foundational text for this week could be Mark eight thirty six and 7. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? And I think the the main thrust of the lesson here this week is has to do with the idea that we should never live life assuming that what we see is all there is, but that there should be an attempt to, to keep a focus on the fact that there is another realm that's unseen, which is of more significance than the one that is seen. And uh, I'd love to know what, you, what, what goes on in your minds when you hear about laying up treasure in heaven. What do you think that means? Well, there's a quote attributed to Martin Luther, and I, I don't know if he actually said it, but all that I've tried to keep, I've lost. All that I've invested in heaven, I shall possess for eternity. We talk about financial security a lot down here on earth, and um, I think the the financial markets have shown us that um, again and again, uh, there really is no such thing as financial security. Mm-hmm. In First Timothy 6, uh, verse 18, they talk about the rewards of of giving, literally being out of this world. Focus your lives on doing good, becoming rich in virtue, helping those in need, being kind to everyone. This is like putting money, which will never be devalued in the bank of heaven. You'll have a life that is meaningful here, and in the end, you'll be given eternal life. It almost sounds like you can buy your way to heaven, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Dave, can I can I read the yes, passage in yes. Matthew 6, Jesus' yes. Sermon on the Mount, where this passage comes from? And Jesus tells us, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and rust can destroy and where thieves can break in and steal it, but store up for yourselves instead treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust can destroy and where thieves do not break in or steal for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And Jesus is suggesting that the greatest investments that we can make are not the financial ones. And I've often wondered what, what is specifically is the treasure? What are the things that will be there for me on with investment or with return on my investment if I were to invest? And I think about about the things that will be there throughout eternity. And yes, salvation, the gift that God offers me of life. But then there's two others that strike me. One is the person I become through what God is doing in me now that will be with me through eternity, right? That I I want to become the person that I'm happy being with for an eternity. I don't I don't want to be <laughs> man, that's that's like hell on earth or hell through eternity if I'm not that person, right? And the other thing that I can store up is others that go with me, right? If I can invest my life in such a way that other people are there through eternity with me, the people that mean the most to me, and maybe the people that don't yet mean something to me but should. Um if I can invest and they end up there, then I've then I have treasures. Yeah. It's interesting. I remember being in a Sabbath school class years ago. I was visiting a church and there was an old gentleman there who saw this in very hard currency terms. He said, I, I am giving money now to the church he said, so that I will have a mansion in heaven because I'm storing up trade. And so in his mind, he was thinking, the more I give here, the bigger the mansion I will get. And mm. we all know that that text in John 14 doesn't really talk about mansions. It talks about rooms in the house of God. But I, I always thought that's kind of a sad story to me that he thinks by being generous here now, he gets a bigger 
big house in in heaven. Well, and I think plenty of of Christians are are closet materialists for the new earth. They want the streets of gold and they want their you know their mansion paved with diamonds and what have you. But I, I get the idea when I read Revelation even that that's that symbolism for the the holy city, the New Jerusalem. We we aren't setting our eyes on physical goods. We're setting it on on the presence of God with His people. Yeah, but also I've always laughed about this because if if gold is what's used on the streets of heaven, it'll be like asphalt today. <laughs> Pavement. And I mean, you really want a piece of asphalt. <laughs> yeah. I was um, struck by the story of Jim Elliott, husband of radio personality Elizabeth Elliott. Oh, yeah. Was speared to death by a, a tribe in Ecuador that he had gone there to serve. And he said, no man is a fool who gives that which he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. And really, when you think about it, we think that financial resources here on earth will bring us security. But with money, um, you can buy food, but you cannot buy appetite. If you've ever been sick or you know someone who's sick and they're not able to eat, uh, you can buy medicine, but not health. You can buy knowledge, but not wisdom. Glitter, but not beauty. Fun, but not deep joy. Acquaintances, but not true friends. I think of the parable of the prodigal son. Servants, but not faithfulness. Leisure, but not peace. You can have the husk of everything for money, but not the kernel. So that makes me realize that the really important things in life are the, and and you talked about it, the, the treasures we're building in heaven now, in the way we live our lives now, and the way we value these intangible things over the over the tangible i think that's that's the emphasis on building up treasures in heaven yeah so really in other words using whatever treasure we have now here to buy the 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 intangible things you said the qualities of that that uh, pertain to heaven that's really money that would be well spent peace for example peace peace yeah, yeah. what a what an amazing concept peace yeah very hard to come by well, and Jesus tells the parable in the book of Luke about the um, the huh, the shrewd manager who was told he was going to lose his job because he'd mismanaged, and then he he went and said to all the the cred, all the debtors you know who owed his master money and said how much do you owe and he he changed all the balances of what they owed and he made friends knowing that he was going to get fired. So when he left that job, he would have friends on the outside, and in a way he invested and from his position. Yes, he was shrewd and and even dishonest. Jesus wasn't praising him in the parable for his dishonesty, but rather with the position he had, he knew how to make friends for the kingdom. And Jesus says the sons of the sons of the uh, the children of the kingdom are wiser than the children of light. Uh, Jesus says that it, how much more should we use the things that we have, right? The resources we have to make friends for eternity. Yeah. Um, now this phrase that where your uh, where your what is it? Where your heart is, your treasure will be, or is it the other way around? Yeah, where your treasure is, there your heart will follow. So if I treasure up things here. Yeah, but isn't the reverse of that also true? How about the example of Lot's wife, right? In, uh, I think she's often used as an illustration of this. They, Lot and his family are, are leaving Sodom and Gomorrah knowing it's going to be overthrown, and her heart was back there in Sodom, and the angel told them, don't even turn around, and she did, and she lost it after what she left behind. Yeah. She's stayed there with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but I, that, that phrase, that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, I think can be reversed because where your heart is, your treasure will also be. Isn't that true? That you will give to things that yeah. you, you, uh, you, you think are, are, are noble. And I, I like what you, you're focusing on, um, um, Brent, you're focusing on our relationships and bringing people to salvation. 
mm-hmm. is part of the treasure that we will realize in heaven. And um, I, I think too often we we use people and love things, huh. Huh. And not not the other way around. I mm. I remember a story where a kind old man lived in a neighborhood with lots of children, and they loved to play in his yard, and he loved to watch them. And the neighbors asked him one day, doesn't it bother you these kids are running all over your grass, and your grass is (laughs) ruined, and look, your perfect grass is a mess, and your yard is a mess. And he said, well, I can always grow grass later, but right now I'm growing children. (laughs) And so I think if if we put the focus on the relationships that we have around us as uh, building treasure in heaven, then I think we have the right focus. Yeah, and you know, one of the points made in the, in the official lesson is that uh, in order to build up treasure in heaven or st- store up treasure in heaven, you have to have a view to eternity that exceeds in in its power in your life, the view to the temporal thing. And and it lists uh, the, the chapter of faith in, in Hebrews 11, and Noah and Abraham and, and uh, you know, um, Jacob and Moses, um, that saying about Moses that he chose to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season is a very powerful text. And, you know, I, I, I've been to Egypt a few times and I've been to the museum where the mummies are stored. And, you know, they're not very big people. They're, mm. they're, they're, they're actually quite small compared to modern people. They were only about four foot something tall. And you read about them, how mighty warriors they were and all this kind of stuff. And I, I'm always struck when you stand and look there to realize that one of those could be Moses. <laughs> could have been Moses. They are it mummy. Could have been, yeah. But where is he now? He's inhabiting uh, eternity, and so um, I, I think it, it's a bit of a struggle for us in this world to keep. You know, we seem to be so fascinated by that which we can see and touch and have, and. Uh, the kingdom of God is nebulous, it's unseen, and so you have to maintain this, this I'm going to use the word fascination, with the unseen in order to manage the seen with, with discipline and, and well. Um, I wonder why it's so hard for us to do that sometimes. I don't know, a, a movie comes to my mind that I saw when I was quite a bit younger, and it's not one I necessarily advocate people watching, but Schindler's List, um, Oscar Schindler, who um, uh, realized after the Holocaust that he could have saved more Jews with the goods that he had, this, this vehicle if I had sold it, I could have brought a few more across the border. If only I had this pin made of gold, if only – and I don't want to come to eternity realizing I had resources left here that I could have used and there's people missing because I didn't didn't invest it. Yeah. That to me is a harrowing thought, yeah. Guilt, guilt-producing. Yeah. yeah, there's a story of a, a war in, in – Russia, I believe it was, and the wealthy business person loaded up all his carts with things, and there were um, wounded and and dying people all along the pathway there. And his daughter said, uh, what about these people? And she convinced him to unload his stuff and to put people on the carts. Uh, uh. And um, so the final card of life you know, the only thing, quote unquote, thing that lasts after we're gone is the impact we have on people around us. Yeah. And uh, so I always want to put people before things. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, great. And use the things I have for people. Yeah. yeah. Yep. For noble things. So. Well, gentlemen, thank you. I appreciate your comments today on an interesting subject. Um, my thanks also to. Kristen Bailey for her work as an engineer here at the station and my thanks to those of you who listened to The Good Word. For The Good Word, I'm Dave Thomas. 
You've been listening to Good Word, a production of the School of Theology at Walla Walla University and KGTS-FM. To order a copy of today's broadcast, you can call 509-527-2194. Thanks for listening, and we'll be here next week at this time with Good Word.